This Coach Me Up podcast is powered by our friends at One Country. Every month, One Country members are entered into amazing giveaways that do great stuff. Each giveaway gives back to a great cause because One Country believes that when you get, you give. Visit onecountry.com slash coach to become a member and get your first month free. Again, go to onecountry.com slash coach and experience winning that gives back. Also, our friends at Blue Delta Jeans. They make the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you and only you. Raw denim jeans, custom fit and hand tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi. One size fits one at bluedeltajeans.com. And by Connexial, the live supply chain company connecting one to all through superb technology and solutions to drive life. Fleet owners and logistics professionals trust Connexial to coach up their drivers, improving safety, cost, and compliance. Visit Connexial.com slash coach for more information. Coach Me Up podcast. We are fired up to be back with you. Jimmy Dykes. Uh, my partner in crime, Chris Burke here. Uh, we're going to have some fun today on the Coach Me Up podcast. Tell little stories from our playing, broadcasting, coaching careers. Just just talk some sports. We're on the on the edge of a college football season. Jimmy, I know you're fired up for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you and I both, uh, we we uh, spent a ton of time in the SEC. That's a, that's a powerhouse again of college football. So, yeah, just you and I today, and we try to do this every three or four months. We're going to revisit also what God has taught each of us through our podcast in the last uh, five or six episodes. So, uh, you know, as always, we mention it every now and then, but One Country, Blue Delta Jeans, Connexio, our, our sponsors have just continued to be faithful, loyal believers in what we're doing, and we're excited about this week's episode of the Coach Me Up podcast. All right, Jimmy, let's get into it. We said we we're going to have a little fun. We, we teed up being on the edge of the college football season. I want to hear your best college game day experience as a fan. Give me your best memory. If you don't have one, I can just put you on the spot. This is a total curveball. If you don't have one, I'll go first. But if you do, I'd love no, to hear I've it. got them. Um, I, I, got, I got several of them that come to mind. Okay, but, let's hear uh, You know, one of my best friends uh, still to this day is Joe Klein, who played with basketball with me at Arkansas. And uh, he played in the NBA for, okay, I yeah. believe, he played 16 years and got paid for 17. Somehow he worked that out. Uh, but he was with <laughs> Boston Celtics. good gig. Celtics, I like it. Um, Chicago Bulls, yeah. the Lakers, the, the whole bit. Uh, so my my best sports story as a fan actually did not occur at a game. But I'm a fan. I'm going to tell you how this happened, Chris. Mm. So I was right. house-sitting for right. Joe Klein. Okay. Okay. Uh, he had a home in Little Rock when he was playing with the Celtics. And I was just starting with, with ESPN. So I, I was based out of Little Rock, Arkansas. And at the end of the uh, NBA season, Joe had me fly up to Boston and help him drive his uh, car from Boston back to Little Rock for the summer. Uh, his his wife and kids flew back at the time, so Joe and I were going to take a couple of days to drive the car back. And at the beginning of the second day, I'm asleep in the passenger's side, and Joe nudges me, knocks me hard, actually, to wake me up. I was like, what? And he's like, this points at an exit sign, and the exit sign says, French Lick, three miles. I'm like, only person who lives in okay. French Licks, Larry Bird. So we go to Larry Bird's house, <laughs> pull up in his driveway. Larry oh, Bird comes wow. walking out. They just lost in the in the conference finals, I believe. Uh, 
No, well, the summer, summer in the playoffs because they were down to the NBA Finals at the time. So, yeah. Uh, but to make a, a, a make it a short story, we spent that day, that night, and part of the next morning at Larry Bird's house. We went golfing together the whole bit. And when we went golfing, Joe and Larry were too big to ride in the same cart, so I got to ride with Larry for 18 holes. And about midway through oh, wow. uh, playing golf, a thunderstorm came through. Joe and the guy that he was playing with, they, they headed back to the country club. And Larry said, I know there's, a, there's a, a shack out here that the groundskeepers use. We'll just pull under there until this thing blows over. So for about 30, 35 minutes, Larry and I sat in this little guard in this little shack out on the golf course uh where the maintenance crew used and just and just talked and literally i i i just used that time he's such a normal dude you know but man you talk about a star of Mm. star of stars he was at his prime chris when i was when i was doing this uh but anyway just very very uh very humble guy Uh, so so they had just lost in the conference they just lost in the playoffs. As he was a, still he a player. Was still they had just gotten beat out. So now, oh, yeah. Okay. So, this was, so the, because oh, I wow. remember that night, uh, we were watching the NBA Finals, and one of the commercials was Larry and Michael, the old uh, off the scoreboard, off the wall, bounce. Yeah. yeah. That commercial yeah, the, That commercial the, played the horse while I'm commercial. sitting in Larry's yeah. house. McDonald's, yeah. I think it was. So yeah. I'm a fan. Obviously, I'm a fan of Larry that's, Bird. That's I'm a fan of the Celtics growing up, all that. But then six months later, uh, I go back up to Boston They're into their next season and I go up there to go to a game and I'm walking down the hallway and uh, we look in, go into the arena and Bird's in there on the treadmill running and we, we walk past and and as he's running, he turns and looks and sees Joe and I at the door and he says, hey, Jimmy Dykes, how you doing, man? I thought, how cool is that? Like I spent I spent a full day yeah. with him basically, but for him to remember me and all that, that that's my, I, it, I, I yeah. can't top that story that's in awesome. terms of a fan of a player or a team as good as I've got. Yeah. That's awesome. I think I teed you on college football, but I'm really <laughs> glad you went there. So that's <laughs> that. Cause there, I don't think you could get a cooler story than that. Hanging with Larry bird in a uh, shack during a rain yeah. delay. Sounds like a, uh, uh, a moment. All of us would like to have shared. I will give you a college okay. football moment in 2001. Uh, Unfortunately, that was the year of 9-11. It was also the year uh, that I had gotten drafted. And so that fall, I was like not a part of the baseball program. So I was not under the norm. I was still living in Knoxville, but I was not I was not on the team, right? I was training and I had just been drafted by the Astros. So anyway, I bring up 9-11 because Tennessee and Florida's game got canceled that year in September and it got postponed till December. First week of December or last week of November. I think it was first week of December. So anyway, me and a bunch of my buddies uh, rented an RV and drove down to the swamp in 2001 to watch Casey Clawson, uh, Jason Witten, Travis Stevens uh, beat the mighty Gators and the old ball coach uh, down in the swamp. I think we've only won <laughs> one other time since then in the swamp. Uh, but we sang Rocky Top. We, we, the whole stadium had left, but the Tennessee fans, and we hung around. And uh, that's probably yeah. my best memory, uh, college football memory. That was fantastic. And it's, uh, it's kind of the dog days of summer right now for all of us college football fans getting ready for, for the season to start. But it's memories like that that uh, stick with you 
and make you die hard. So anyway, excited about the start of college football season. I want to hear about your favorite memory. I know we had Tyler Hansborough on. You're going to talk a little bit about him later. Give me one of your favorite memories where you were in the building as a broadcaster and you were like, I cannot believe I get paid to talk about this. This is the coolest thing I've ever witnessed from a broadcasting scene. Uh, It just happened a few years ago, actually. I mean, I've had a lot of been very fortunate and blessed to be in a lot of big moments, uh, the tournament in Maui, the battle for Atlantis, even going back to the, the great Alaska mm. shootout, all the conference championship games I've called, uh, big, big moments. Uh, but the most, the most memorable, Chris, mm-hmm. that, which answers your question specifically, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. It was about three years ago, and I was in Nashville on a Tuesday getting ready to do Kentucky at Vanderbilt on our ESPN Super Tuesday game that night. And my phone rang about Mm -hmm. 11 o'clock that morning, and it was my college basketball uh, uh, boss, David Seisler, and he says, hey, uh, can you catch a flight tomorrow morning out of Nashville, Denver, to go do uh, the Lakers at the Nuggets? And I, I, I said, absolutely, I can. Absolutely, I can. Now, I'm not watching any NBA during the college season. I'm just, I'm, I'm just as transparent as yeah. I can be. I'll watch it once sure. the playoffs get there, but yeah. I'm not watching. I don't have time for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as the announcer swap or college announcers do NBA game and NBA announcers do the college game, and I don't know what happened, what transpired, but it, it, the, the fortune broke my way. So... Not only am I preparing for Kentucky and Vanderbilt all day long and doing the game, it's a nine o'clock game. I'm getting off the air late. I got a six o'clock flight the next morning direct to Denver. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to, they're sending me stats and stuff. But I know at the end of the day, I'm just going there to kind of give college eyes to an NBA broadcast. I'm not there to be the expert. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. comfortable with my role and what I'm going to do. It's me, Dave Pash, and Jeff Van Gundy. And I, I get there early enough, it's a nonstop flight, uh, that I get to the hotel. And as I walk in the hotel, check in, go to the elevator, the door's open, and LeBron James is standing there uh, with, with only Lakers practice gym shorts on. No shoes, no shirt, just that. And I, and my, I remember my first thought being, this is a different deal. Like this is a different deal <laughs> than what I saw last night with all the with That's all the dudes man. I've seen in the yeah. last month who think they're going to be in the NBA. This is what it really looks like. Mm-hmm. And then later on that night, of course, mm-hmm. a phenomenal game went to overtime. Just just but just watching uh, Nikola Jokic and LeBron James and Anthony Davis, just uh, that was that was a big time mm-hmm. deal for me. I, I remember thinking there at the time, I, I can't believe I'm getting paid to be here tonight. Uh, that was a yeah. That, that mm, was a special night. Yeah. Absolutely, it was, and, and, and it always. When you be, see yeah. the best at their best, it's it's always different. Um, I got to. I, I, there's a there's a few things that stick out to my mind. I got to call. Um, I've, I've I've I started okay. calling games in 2012, um, and by 2015 we had the year in the SEC where Dansby Swanson, Alex Bregman. And Andrew Benintendi were all in the league. But kind of similar to last year where we had Paul Skeens, Wyatt Langford, and Dylan Cruz. So you had these three superstars that you knew were going to be major league all-stars. And it was uh, 
exciting time to be in the league because just, you know, pretty much we're putting those guys on all the time. And so anyway, I went to Vanderbilt's regional that year. Vandy's the defending national champions. Place is packed. They're playing in the 1-0 game in the regional. So the winner goes to the regional final. They're playing Indiana. And Vanderbilt's, I'm going to get the score wrong, but Vanderbilt's down a run or two in the bottom of the eighth. And Dansby Swanson mm. comes up and hits a three-run homer. I'm getting goosebumps telling you about it. He hits a three-run homer to put them up. Place is going nuts. I'm going nuts. Me and Dave Neal are calling the game. The first hitter of the top of the ninth hits a two-hopper to Dansby Swanson's backhand, and he does a Derek oh Jeter jump throw from the six hole and and throws the guy out at first play, first base. And it was like, I was yeah. like, wow. I mean, I, I, you can imagine, Jimmy, I was absolutely <laughs> losing. I think my head hit the roof of the press box. But, I, I just, you know, when you see a superstar play at a superstar level in yeah. that big of a moment, it's just something that you'll never forget at home, right? And just the place went nuts. Um, so that was pretty cool. And then, you know, uh, this past year at the College World Series, not to have recency bias, but Lankford, Cruz, and Skeens, three superstars who played like it. You know, Lankford hit the two farthest yeah. balls in the history of Charles Schwab Field. Paul Skeens, Paul Skeens had a start where he threw 46 pitches at 100 miles or greater. Oh, my. 100 miles an hour or greater. 46 pitches in one start. Nobody's done that in the big leagues uh, this year. And uh, Dylan Cruz hit a triple in his last at bat of the national championship clincher and pointed yeah, at his yeah. ring finger like yeah. Angela Reese did and like Joe Burrow did. So anyway, you know, you're, you're sitting there calling those games. You're like, this is kind of, this is really surreal. I can't believe they pay me to do this because I'm such a fan. Um, and so um, even though it was just a couple of months ago, like this year's College World Series is going to be sure. Yeah, it's going to be tough to top story. moving yeah, forward. Okay, last one, last one. Here we go. Last one of our 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 fun fun sports stories. Favorite memory as a player could be somebody dunking on you. It could be a great moment you had. It could be a moment a teammate had. But just something as a player that could be funny, could be very meaningful. Whatever. Something as a player that really stands out. Yeah, I was thinking. Um, Got a couple of options here. I'm going to go with my first year as a player at Arkansas. Uh, now, re remember, I, I didn't get to play very much my entire career, but my first year, I didn't get to play much other than just late in the game. We're up 20 and two minutes to go. Cause, mm -hmm. And I was behind uh, Daryl Walker and Alvin Robertson, two of the all-time great guards to play not only at Arkansas, mm. but maybe in college basketball. And those, those, are the real, those two guys are the mm. real deal. Uh, but I remember we were playing against Houston, and uh, we had a big enough lead. And Houston's a, you know, it, it was a rivalry back then, but I believe there was, I don't know, it was un under a minute to go. And with starters come out, the other guys get back, get, get in there. And, and But it doesn't matter. We're expected to still play man to man defense for Coach Sutton and be right there at half court re ready when they ball cross, cross mm -hmm. the half court. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I remember that. Uh, one of the other guys that came in with me was a first-year player, a kid named Scott Rose, and we were just two small, scrappy guards is all we were, you know, helped the team GPA as much as anything I did anyways. And uh, But but <laughs> Houston brought the ball up, and the guy I was guarding got too close to the guy that was bringing the ball up. We had a chance to double-team the ball, 
and we double teamed it, came up with a steal. He got it, started driving down the left side of the lane. I'm running down the right side. He goes up, throws it behind his back. I catch it in one move, go up, score, get fouled. And and the game had been decided way before, but the building was at the loudest point yeah. at that point right there because <laughs> these two dudes come in, oh, you know, they're just man. happy to be out there. Yeah, yeah they're happy going crazy. Like, yeah. They're taking advantage of these 37 seconds. So that that's that that's still a pretty good memory for me. That was a long time ago, but, but I remember remember the feeling of the steal, the pass, the layup, the foul, the whole bit. So, oh, man. Yeah. I thought you were going to tell me you tomahawked it on. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> no. Nope. Oh, man. I've done that a few times in my dreams. In my dreams. Uh, How about you? My favorite two moments, I'm going to put them together because it's really eerily similar. Okay. So, I was I was fortunate to play in the College World Series and the Major League World Series. And, and the moment of both of so in college we're in the bottom of the eighth we're up one nothing on east carolina best two out of three super regional i get walked it loads the bases stevie daniel i was hitting first stevie daniel's hitting second and uh i played short he played second he and i came in together you know we're we're, we our careers are very much linked together in, in that regard but he was having a rough day he had struck out looking his previous two at bats with the bases loaded Ooh. And he goes down. Now, it's 2-2 two to two in the bottom of the eighth. We win. We go to the College World Series. Prior two years, we hadn't even made the SEC tournament. Yeah. Okay? And here we are on the edge of going to the College World Series. Stevie goes down in the count 0-2 again. Not good. And I look at my first base coach, and I said, his name was Chance Beam. I said, Beamer, if he strikes out looking here, well, there might be a fight. Like, you're going to need to help me here. <laughs> like, he can't, if, it just, he's just got to swing. He just has to swing. Sure enough, on an 0-2 pitch, he hits a right center field grand slam. Oh, my. And I just remember around the bases, like, we're going to the College World Series. I can't, like, because you can't really let your mind get there. No, no, until no. It's, it's, yeah. You know what I mean? So here we are, we're around the bases. This odd moment where you're on another team's field, but you're the home team, which is really one of the cool parts about the college baseball postseason. Because yeah, game, game two of a Super Regional, the visiting team gets to be home. So the place is quiet as it can be, and we're celebrating at home plate. Stevie, it's a grab. We're going nuts. We go out there and get three outs in the ninth, and we go to the College World Series. It was crazy. Well, fast forward four years later, and um, I come up with two outs in the bottom of the seventh. We're down, uh, we're down two to one to the St. Louis Cardinals. We're up uh, three games to one in the series. Chris Carpenter's on the mound, and Craig Biggio gets a gets a two out. I think he actually got on off an air, which is so crazy rare. Mm. I have like a eight pitch at bat off Chris Carpenter, who was as good a pitcher yeah. as there was in the game at that time. I hit a dribbler through the four hole for a two out base hit to bring up Lance Berkman, our star player. And on the first pitch, now mind you, we're down two to one at the bottom of the seventh. We're up three to one. So if we win, we're going to the World Series. Lance hits the first pitch in the left field seats for a three-run homer. We take the lead four to two. Oh, my. And I come running around the bases like, we're going to the World Series. Like, I cannot believe this. We're going to the World Series. And uh, what's 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 funny about that story is, unfortunately, we still had two, you know, we still had to two, get two six outs. Innings, yeah. And, and yeah, and they had a guy on their team by the name of Albert Pujols. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> and Albert Pujols in the top of the ninth did a three-run homer. And they end up beating us five to four. Oh, no. Uh, now, we won game six, and we ended up going to the World oh, Series. Okay, okay. But as weird as that story is, to be on first base 
when you know lance was one of my dear friends stevie and i like i said were super connected just because we had played every inning of our careers together but it is it's really odd i don't want this to sound like um anything other than just my pure emotion to be on first base and to watch those two men have those moments yeah combined with the selfish emotion of like oh my gosh i get to go play in the world series like it's just you know the astros had never been to the world series tennessee hadn't been to the world series since 95 at the time so you know your fan bases are going nuts and um anyway those are those are two i have some other things that i'd put up there next to those but those are two of my favorite moments as a player that i would just i will never forget that that elation of going oh my gosh yeah we're, we're, we're gonna do this yeah yeah and like i said with the astros it didn't quite work that that well <laughs> but uh but uh it eventually worked we got there eventually that's so, awesome anyway cool moments yeah. fun memories yeah you know t- winning teams though uh they have guys on their team that will go to the coach and say what you said to beamer if he if he strikes out again it was going to be a problem now, that, that's what I took out of the story as much as anything, how competitive yeah. those kind of championship oh teams, because you probably weren't the only guy on the mm-hmm. team thinking that, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Because you had yeah. probably a bunch of a bunch of dogs on your team we on did. the baseball field, which we it had takes. We grinders. So, and, there, and there's yep. nothing wrong with being, being wired like that. Um, mm. We need to dig our dig our heels in a little bit more in life sometimes. It certainly plays out in sports. So so I'll tell you a good, a good, little, good little baseball story that I think if we got some baseball uh, listeners. Yeah. So on the flight from on the flight from Houston to St. Louis were devastated because we're Astros had never been in the world series. We had a one run lead. Brad Lidge was the best closer in baseball and pulls hits a two out down in the count. Oh, one three run Homer to beat us. Oh. And now we're flying back to St. Louis. And the year before we had a three, two lead going to St. Louis and got beat twice to not go to the oh, world series. No. So here we are in the same situation. So it was a very somber mood on the flight, right? About midway through the flight, we had a we had a pilot in those days that was uh let's just say very talkative. He was not afraid to get on the intercom and just kind of chat us up. Yeah. Well, we've been on the plane for about an hour and he gets on, he says, Hey, you know, I know it's a tough loss. I hope everybody's bouncing back. And we're kinda all like, yeah. dude, we don't we don't really yeah, need to hear room. from you right now. Like read this the plane. Is, yeah, like no, no, this ain't that. He goes, I want you guys to know if you look out the right hand side, you'll see whatever. Yeah. He goes, and if you look out of the left-hand side of the plane, you'll see the ball that Albert Pujols hit last night in orbit outside of our windows. <laughs> no, he did so, not. So the, the, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Okay, so I sit, where I sat on the plane was right, uh, Brad Lidge and Lance Berkman sat behind me on the plane. They played cribbage. I don't know if you ever played cribbage. No. I actually never played it, but it's, it's this game, whatever. They would play cribbage right behind me. And when he said that, I slumped down in my seat and I kind of fish-eyed between the, the 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 seats to see what Lidge was doing. Yeah. Like I cannot believe this guy just said that. And Lidge was like, "What? What did What did he just say? Did he just say what I think he said?" And Berkman, all of us, we were like, "Yeah, yeah." He he did say. It. Lidge was like, "Is this guy lost his mind? Like you think I should go say something?" Sure enough, Bagwell and Osmus come up from behind Lidge. They give him a big bear hug. They're like, calm down, dude. We put him up to it. Let's laugh about it. It's over. Like, these dudes aren't going to beat us. Don't worry. We're, we're winning game oh, six. Oh, that's awesome. And, and, and yeah, sure enough, Royals went out there and just dominated them. We won five to one, and uh, we won game six. Oh, that's six. great. That, that was a... That was a crazy yeah, story. Yeah, uh, that's great. From that moment, so. Huh. 
if you could be on that flight at that time, I, I don't know that I've ever been in a more awkward moment for about a minute. Yeah. It was about, you know how long a minute can be when a something's that time. awkward. So, yeah. yeah. A long time. You were, I, I was thinking about my most memorable time as a coach. Um, then we're going to move in, but uh, I've had a lot of those, but, um, probably the one that stands out to me the most, I was an assistant coach at Kentucky my first year. I'm 26 years old at the time. And Chris, we're, we're playing Syracuse on CBS on national TV, which back in 1987, 88, that's a big deal. I mean, it wasn't like you oh, had yeah. games every night on like no. we do now. There was right. one college right. basketball game a week on national TV, yep. and that was it. And we're playing uh, Syracuse, and there's probably— Eddie Sutton? Who's head coach? Eddie Sutton, yeah. Eddie Sutton, yeah, head coach, yeah. And going up against Bayheim and all those dudes, Roni Cycli and that, that group, I'm pretty sure is who it was. Mm. And uh, about a minute to go, we're down one, baseline out of bounds under, at the inbounds of the ball underneath our own basket, we'll call timeout. <clears throat> place is going nuts, as you can imagine, Rupp Arena. Mm-hmm. And uh team went to the bench, and Coach Sutton got in front of three assistants. And so, what do you think? We need what, what are we going to run? What do you think? And one coach said one play, one coach said another, and I said, Let's run Texas. Uh, and he said, All right, draw it up, let's run it. Now, I've, I've drawn up Texas on a whiteboard a, a ton. But never with a minute to go in Rupp Arena where you can't yeah. hardly hear yeah. what you're saying to yourself, much less to the team. And, and and the pressure, Chris, of making sure I got the right guy taking it out, the right guy in front of him. Yeah, the, right. Like, yeah. you think, just drop the out-of-bounds play. There's a lot going on in a in a one-minute timeout when you're 26 years old. And Coach yes. Sutton is standing over your shoulder imagine. like this, watching you draw it up. And drew it up, executed it, scored, went went, went on, and won the game. But that was just a. What uh, is it? What is it? We got like a down screen. We got an up screen. We got a cross screen. Where? How do? What's our formation? How do? How, give it to me. Very very simple. The very, zone. Very yeah. yeah they play right. zone. So very simple. We took the yeah. took the ball out of bounds on the on let's say on the left side of the lane underneath. Okay. You put a guy on on the block right in front of him. A guy on the other block. And then a guy at the elbow mm-hmm. and a guy at the elbow. Very, very simple alignment. Sure. Yeah. And uh, a rectangle. The, the yeah. guy right in front of the right in front of the ball, uh, he just he just steps in and posts up right in front of the ball, trying to draw attention. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, the 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 guard opposite at the higher elbow, he dives straight at the left side of the rim to suck the middle part of that zone over in front of the ball as well. Okay. The guy okay. on the opposite block away from the ball. He just steps in, uncovered, gets it, and scores. Very, very simple. You can't run it a lot because layup, layup, layup. Because all the attention is <laughs> on the other two dudes darting over, yeah. and you just slip in from the backside. So, uh, simple play, but it worked. But it's just one of those moments. Obviously, it mm. meant something to me. But you're like, you know what? I I, I can do this, and uh, that was that was mm. a big moment. That was a big moment. So. Uh, yeah, man, great fantastic. man, great stories. That is great fantastic. stories there. So yeah. hey, you know what? We're we are just over a year in to the Coach Me Up podcast. And just want to take a second before we start digging into uh what God has taught us over the last two or three months. But uh man, our our listeners, Chris, continue to grow by the numbers. Uh, we're not concerned with that, but we see the the, the numbers growing weekly, how God is using our podcast. I want to say again how how grateful and thankful we are to OneCountry.com. 
to Blue Delta Jeans and to Connexial, our three main sponsors. But OneCountry.com is that the, our our podcast is powered by those guys. And if you have not gone to check out OneCountry.com and what they're doing with their ability to, to, to win prizes, but to also be involved in giving and challenges, giving back to others, a phenomenal group. So I just want to say that at the end of our first year, starting our second year, how how thankful we are to those guys and to, and to all of our listeners out there that we hear from from time to time, we see on the road, we get text messages from, encouragement from. It means a lot to us, and we just uh, continue to give all the praise and glory to to God for what he's done in our podcast uh, for the first year, right? You with me on all that? A hundred percent. I can't I can't say enough how thankful we are for our sponsors and how they allow us to uh, reach an audience that we don't even fully know, yeah. right? I mean, not, I'm not even talking about like personally. I mean, just all the different places it's it's being heard. We couldn't have imagined that. And of course, we give a lot of love to our guy, Jared Fincher, who makes it all happen, our, our producer extraordinaire. But uh, the stories that we get uh, from people about how the podcast is impacting their their life is is what it's all about. So it's it's been an honor. Yeah, um, I was just kind of looking through my notes over the last three months or so, and I I, I went back to the Tyler Hansbro uh, interview, which I thought he was exceptional, explaining who he was as a player and how he went about becoming the National Player of the Year. If you haven't listened to that episode, I would challenge you to go back and listen to it because there's a lot mm-hmm. of good nuggets in there for us to grow our faith with. <clears throat> but God <clears throat> really challenged me and laid on my heart, Chris, after that episode uh, to not be to not get bored with the basics. Uh, so I thought, what what does that mean for me and as as a husband, as a dad, as a as a follower of the way, a follower of Jesus, as a Christian in this world? What should that look like? So I spent some time studying the next four or five days. And actually, I I spoke on this exact subject at uh, this ADs for Christ um, seminar I spoke at in Nashville this year where college athletic directors from around the country came in for two days. It was a great event. I was very fortunate to get to speak to it uh, at it. Uh, But I want to just go quickly through the four or five things that the Scripture showed me about Jesus not getting bored with these things while he was here teaching us. Uh, number one, we should not get bored with being compassionate to people. And that's something that uh, can sneak up on us. We can lose our edge. We can lose our soft heart towards people if we're not careful because of the busyness of the world. Uh, but Jesus never lost his compassion for people as much stress and pressure and uh, the the want of his time, the, the crowdedness that he lived in at times. Uh, he always had compassion for people. He never turned people away. He always read their heart, heard their story, uh, took time for them. Uh, but his compassion for others and our compassion for others is a very basic characteristic uh, of those that, that, that are uh, following Jesus. And I just want to remind our listeners and myself again right now that uh, mm-hmm. Jesus, one of the famous smallest scriptures there is, is Jesus wept. And the story is in John 11, where uh, his, his great friend Lazarus and Martha and Mary, they're uh, distraught over Lazarus dying. Uh, and it says during that story that Jesus wept, he showed compassion for the moment. Uh, so don't short side ourselves as believers 
and losing compassion for people. Uh, he was also approachable. Jesus was also approachable. We should not get bored with a basic quality, Chris, of just being approachable as a person that people look at us and say, I can go talk to Chris Burke anytime, any place about what's on my heart. Uh, in Luke 15, the, the great story about uh, how the tax collectors and the sinners is what it says. We're all gathering around uh, to hear him speak, talking about Jesus. And the Pharisees, uh, they were muttering that this man welcomes both the sinners and he eats with them as well. And throughout Scripture, we see, we see time and time again Jesus spending time with the less desirable and the, quote, rejects of society. Uh, that's who he was. And he was always approachable to everyone out there. Now, I'm big on tightening my circle down when it comes to that the, the most amount of time I spend with people and who's allowed in my ear. But I'm reminded, I'm reminded that to be approachable every single day when I'm out in my life, because you don't know who God's going to bring across your path that it doesn't look like me, sound like me, talk like me, believe like me, but I have the chance to be approachable and plant a seed. So we shouldn't get bored with the basics, Chris, of being compassionate, being approachable, and being prayerful. I think that's one we can we can skip on quickly and not understand mm-hmm. the importance of daily time of quieting our heart and spending with Him. And we, 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 we need to be, remember to, we, we pray for special occasions when things pop up. Uh, Jesus prayed not only for, during special occasions when he was baptized, demanding times. He prayed when he's coming out of being uh, fasting for 40 days. He was also praying for 40 days. In big decisions, we need to be remindful to not get bored. We pray about big decisions in our life. Jesus did that the night that he was trying to decide who his uh, 12 disciples were going to be. Uh, and he also prayed uh, in, in Luke five sixteen uh, that uh, he just missed his heavenly Father. That he just valued that time. Uh, so that's another just a common basic quality of a believer that we should not get bored with, and don't think, well, I, I've got it. I, I, I've, I've prayed uh, this week. That that's not it. And the last one I'll talk on mm-hmm. is uh, that he was humble and. How did he show that? Well, in John 13, 1 through 17, the last act that he did with his disciples was he washed their feet. And we should not get bored with that basic quality of looking for examples and looking for times that we can wash someone's feet. And that doesn't mean literally washing their feet. I think we all understand that means doing something for others when you're not expecting anything in return, just out of pure love and showing kindness and uh, showing Christ in our hearts. So, uh, Tyler Hansborough re-challenged me about not being bored with the basics. And then I got, I spent time in God's Word looking for four or five. There's a couple others that I'm not going to get into right now, but looking for four or five other examples of reminders. Don't get bored with these now in our authentic hand-to-hand walk with Jesus. So uh, that's one of the things that God has really uh, laid on my heart just in the last three months. Yeah, that's good stuff. There's a daily devotion to the principles of the basics that it doesn't matter what vertical you're talking about, right? It could be business, could be coaching, could be your faith, yeah, like your family, the, 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 de- the your, your, yeah, your relationships, the dedication to the basics really is where the secret sauce is at. 
We want it to be these big, like, you know, that's been like, a theme, what did we, we ask him? That's been a theme. Yeah, for we us. say, Tyler, what what's what's so great about Coach Williams, right? Yeah. What what's so great about Coach Williams? You want you're ready for this unbelievable answer. I'm I'm ready to start scribbling stuff I could take to my middle school basketball. <laughs> Man, he always had a plan. Yeah. You know, he's really good at running a practice plan. Like, no, 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 no. Like he's one of these great all time coaches. Like, tell me what would made him so different. We just well, practice had a purpose. We had a play. It's just, you want it to be something, you know what I mean? Yeah. You want it to be something you've never heard before. You want it to be something that blows your mind. It's just, it's almost always the opposite. It is. It's almost always something that is so basic and so simple. And, you know, we're, we're going to talk about Luke McCown here in a second. But remember, we asked Luke McCown, like, Luke, give us a, a practical example of how you can share Christ with the teams you coach. He's like, live in such a way that people want what you have, yeah. you know, and you're like, oh, that, that, that sounds too simple or maybe too hard, uh -huh. you know, in some ways, but it's not super complicated, right? It's like, hey, get good at the basics of following Jesus. And maybe through our sinful flesh, maybe somebody sees a glimpse of something that they want, which was really cool on Twitter. If you follow Luke McCown on Twitter, the story he told about the dad of one of his players wanting to, to know about the Lord, like he, he posted I'm making a little bit of assumption, but I, I think it's a pretty safe bet. That was who he baptized. If you go to his yeah. his Twitter page, he baptized the player and the dad yeah. uh, recently. Yeah. So, um, so that was really cool. But great, great reminder, Jimmy, on just whether it's whether it's the basics of a coach of of putting together a good practice plan and making sure you're working on all the things mm -hmm. you know that matter the most, or it's it's something as important as our faith, which is, you know, putting our nose in God's word so we so we don't forget the basics of being compassionate, being approachable, being prayerful, uh, servant leadership, yeah. which is kind of what I wrote down for your for, fourth point about being humble. That's that's good stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll circle back to Larry Bird because I remember in that in that maintenance shack during the thunderstorm, I asked him, Chris. I said, this, Larry, I, I hate to ask you, man. He said, no, anything you want, anything you want. I said, what made Larry Bird Larry Bird? What makes you Larry Bird? And he said, I know this. Every time I lay down at night, no one's outworked me that day. No, no, what? No, that's it. That's it. That's very simple. Very, very, it's the same yeah, you're, common you're, you're almost disappointed. Yeah, almost yeah. disappointed. Like, you're almost disappointed. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, um, you know, my sons, my oldest two sons play quarterback and uh, the varsity coach who played in the NFL uh, for a period of time named Hunter Cantwell, he, he's got some great quarterback lines. One of them is, you know, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. The other one is you don't go broke taking a profit. It's all these little quarterback-isms mm. that basically boil down to like, you don't have to be a hero. Yeah. Just read the defense, throw the ball where it's supposed to go. Read the defense, throw the ball where it's supposed to go. Well, you know, my little guy likes to, he likes to make the hero throw from time to oh, time yeah. too we much all do. instead of just, hey, bro, that's right. Yeah. You know, and it's really, it's a good, it's a good lesson of like, it's really less about the hero throws and more about just making right decisions time and time and time again. And the ball moves down the field, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, really fascinating. And I think, I think that's a good uh, sports faith parallel. Just make a bunch of, consistent good decisions and i think you're going to like where things take you i think if we were to talk i, I don't know who you would say are the, the great followers of the faith that we've had I, I but i would bet if we had a conversation with billy graham when he was alive and ask what mm -hmm. made billy graham billy graham he would his answer would be something along the lines of my daily time with him mm -hmm. that would probably be it 
that probably yeah. where he would start and maybe where he would finish. And we'd be mm-hmm. looking for uh, the, this this podcast with his his my daily time with him. I would just ten would, secrets to a great walk with the yeah, Lord. Yeah, it does. It's no, like hey, here it is. Here it is. Yeah, my daily yeah. time with him. Yeah, yeah. How about you? What's God been t- teaching you? Well, I wanted to share uh, something from from uh, Luke McCown, who that I think was. It's so great when one of our guests gets the opportunity to share their heart, and then their heart really encourages one of our listeners. Yes. Um, and we encourage all our listeners to respond um, if 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 there's been something that's really um, enriched your life or deepened your faith or encouraged you through a dark time. But I got a buddy. I got a I got a a buddy whose son is going through a very difficult time with an injury, and um, he was encouraged by Luke's. Uh, I'm gonna pull up Psalm 23, and Luke had just had just given a. Uh, talk on Psalm 23 and he shared with us kind of what the Lord had had taught him through Psalm 23 famous song the yeah. Lord Psalm the Lord is my shepherd I, I lack nothing he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters he refreshes my soul he guides me along the paths for his namesake even though I walk through the darkest valley or the valley of the shadow of death like so many uh, interpretations have i will fear no evil for your you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil my cup overflows surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and i'll dwell in the house of the lord forever he was just talking about luke was talking about everybody loves mountaintops but the reality of mountaintops is they're kind of lonely yeah they're usually rocky um and really, once you're up there, he didn't say this, but I was thinking about some other extrapolations you can make from that metaphor. Is like once you're up at the top of a mountain, you like you kind of want to come down. Like, all right, this is cool. Like, uh, yes, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, he he was just talking about the valley of the shadow of death. Well, what's in valleys? Uh, and actually, in valleys are where we often find streams. We often find green pastures in valleys. Um, And so my buddy was just sharing with me the realization he'd had of he's in a valley right now that's that's rough, but he's also never been closer to the Lord with his prayer life Hmm. and with his time in the word because he's so desperate for God's um, compassion and uh, strength during this time because there's a lot of why you know why 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 is this happening yeah. what are you trying to teach us there's that desperation and so um we don't really want the valleys but but when they come it's amazing how uh god shows up and and kind of it can lead us to still waters and green pastures even in a, a valley that we would never choose to be in um and so i just uh, grateful for the wisdom of luke to use God's word and uh, paint a picture of us that that can help us see things through a lens that only God's word can, which is um, the trust of knowing that we don't see the bigger picture he does. Um, And man, that's really comforting in times when things are confusing or troubling or just downright sad, whatever, you know, whatever a human emotion you want to fill in there. So it's just encouraging to me because my heart is with my buddy and with his son, I'm desperately praying for God to heal that situation. And um, so it just did my soul some good, honestly, to hear from him 
about how one of our guests gave him some encouragement. You know, we're all, we are all uh, going to go through valleys in our life. And I, the perspective that Luke put on it was, was opened my eyes as well that um, I should trust more and look for opportunities to be thankful more in the valleys uh, than, I, mm. than I have been in my past. Because that, that's what Luke was, and that was his message, that there are, that's where the quiet waters and the beautiful streams are and, and the, 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 green, the green meadows. Because um, I've been, on, I've been mm-hmm. on mountains in Colorado, and there's nothing above that tree line. It's rocks, like you said, and wind, and <laughs> you do get the feeling, of, I want to get back yeah. down where the people are and where the action is, and, and back down there in that valley mm-hmm. I can see in the stream. Uh, so that's a, that's a beautiful uh, correlation of opening our eyes to being more thankful during those dark nights, those dark times where all we can do is follow his voice. We can't see him uh, and be thankful in those times and open our eyes to look for uh, the good and the bad. So, uh, yeah, what, mm-hmm. what an encouragement that our podcast is encouraging someone specifically in a situation right now. And that's mm-hmm. not the only time we know, but that's one of the mo- mo- most recent ones. So, uh, yeah, very, very, very thankful for that. Well, Chris, we're at almost 45 minutes. Uh, God has been so good to us in our first year. I want to continue to ask our listeners to spread the word about our podcast uh, because I think our podcast is touches a lot of, a lot of areas, uh, no matter where you are in your faith journey if you don't even have one maybe this is your starting point but uh we know that we we serve a we serve a, a risen savior who's alive right now he was not uh, uh buried and never heard from again he's alive and uh, he has changed my heart he has changed your heart he's changed the heart of thousands of listeners that we have on our podcast uh, and we're so thankful that uh, he's using us right now to point people towards him so uh, man, it's been a great first year. Looking forward to our second year. College football is right around. It, it, it's upon us right now. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, would you do us a favor and, and uh, close us in a word of prayer today, man? Lord God, we just we say thank you, Lord, for uh, the opportunity to talk about you and uh, make relationships with, with those that want to want to sing the praises of what you're doing in their lives and so, Lord, we just pray that this podcast would be an encouragement to so many. We pray blessings over those hearing the sound of our voice. Pray that they would draw near to you. We know that your word says that when we draw near to you, you draw, you draw near to us. So I just pray that over everybody uh, that hears the sound of my voice right now, Lord. And uh, pray that they would come to you for the one need that this world cannot fill. Thank you for our sponsors, Lord. We pray blessings over their business, and we just look forward to what year two has in store, Lord. We pray you'd use us, use this podcast to share your love and encouragement around the world. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.